When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me partner's group. Me mate Dave, I reckon he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Barrick BMW has a range of pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. BarrickBMW.com.au Robot Building Supplies. Robots got it and deliver. RobotBuildingSupplies.com.au The Run Home with Andy and Josh. Well, g'day everybody and welcome to the show. And thank you, Pot, for a wonderful three hours leading into uh, The Run Home. for this. Uh, I'm a fine guy. Tuesday afternoon, the 11th day of October. And I don't know how many sharp-eared listeners there are out there, but you may have just heard a little giggle in the background. I've got some wonderful news to share with the audience. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that we are anti-Josh Jenkins. No. Who will be back tomorrow. Mm. But this is a wonderful little turn of events. Good afternoon, Keith. <laughs> Andrew Gaze is Get back. Hey! <laughs> the captain! The captain is back! I'm we back, weren't baby. expecting you back until Thursday. No, I know. And I wasn't expecting... Well, I was expecting to be back. And uh, <laughs> apparently happened? there was a bit of a miscommunication between Ooh. the on-air talent and the administrative arm of the organisation. <laughs> and there was a bit of uh, overlap, bit of oh, jockeying. Might and... have been an SOS after our most rating, recent ratings uh, performance. But, well, I'm uh... away for two and a half weeks <laughs> and look what happens. Gee whiz. Well, spread the word, my friends, because we're back. How we're... lovely to see you. Well, it's a delight. And I've had just the two of the most glorious, two and a half glorious weeks of witnessing some of the great uh, sporting achievements that this nation has seen in quite some time. And that is, of course, the Opals winning the World Cup. Now, I know it was a while ago, but I was there. and well, they didn't uh, we... win the World Cup. What are you talking oh, about? Sorry. Well, it was a win. They won well, the bronze. I wish they had won the World Cup. Well, they, they won the bronze. Yeah, no, they didn't win the World Cup. They no, won they the bronze didn't. medal at the World Cup. and. You were there courtside I was. Uh, with the great Elle Jackson. And we spoke to you briefly about yes. uh, what she was able to achieve. And we shouldn't let her personal story overshadow what the team was Aww. able to. But it's so remarkable. It is. It's so remarkable that I don't suspect anybody else mm. from Sandy Brondello down would mind if no. Lauren Jackson did steal a bit of the limelight. No, it's, it was one of the, I think, one of the greatest sporting performances by an individual that this nation has ever seen. So why didn't she play against France? Well, that is a, an interesting question, Andy, because um, based on the well, evidence that we saw. No, but here's the thing. Is there a reason for that? Well, I well just, you were there. You would have been asking all of the pertinent questions. Well, I, I was doing the commentary for the international broadcast, so I had to be somewhat impartial. Yes, but I think that it was just, and this is not on. Um, this is not a criticism of Sandy or any. I think it was just a coach's decision that they felt in that game, the way it was unfolding, that that they were better off with the other options. So uh, I will say this though: I, I think in hindsight, if you look what happened, because they they played in the evening, oh, the, the very next day they're playing at one. It was at one o'clock in the afternoon. Less than it was like a sixteen-hour turnaround. It was a very tight schedule. I will, yes. Well, here's the thing. Now, in hindsight, everyone's a genius, but the fact that she didn't play enabled her to put on a performance, like I said, was is one of the all-time great performances in Australian sporting history. And if she had played more minutes, maybe, just maybe, 
mm-hmm. they uh, yeah, and yeah. they still lose, then maybe she's not quite as fresh, and maybe they don't. Well, they won by thirty, so they're probably still going to win anyway, <laughs> wouldn't they? But it was still a, a remarkable performance. Yeah, by no doubt, no doubt. I, it was just a question I had rolling around in the back of my head, and I wasn't quite sure why that was the case. And clearly, I wanted to know an answer when you were the man that uh, well, that I think can was, reveal the truth. It was just a coach's decision. Yeah, they make go. these decisions they from do. time to time, and they live by the sword, die by the sword. So overall, the experience of uh, being courtside for the Brilliant. event. Yep, go on. We should be very proud because we hosted a World Cup. And I know we've got the World Cup soccer. With Cricket's the about to start. We've got the World Cup cricket coming. Mm-hmm. And I think we should be extraordinarily proud of the way in which that we present a sporting, a major sporting event mm. to the rest of the world. The athletes loved it. The fans came out. Highest attended women's FIBA World Cup in the history of the game here, right in Sydney. So how big a deal would that be compared to the analysis that goes into a TV figures? Uh, well, the, it's such a global... The, the, the numbers are staggering. Yeah. Um, the, like, even in the morning... Now, for us, you go, well, it's a re- for American standards, it's a really modest number, but it was on at, like... Four o'clock in the morning or some rubbish over there. Over there, yeah. the final. Yeah. This is when they played China in the final, and it had over like four million viewers. Now you say, well, four million in that big country. Well, that's not that many. Mm. But when you consider the time it was actually shown, it was really well rated. And here yeah, in Australia, good, yeah. hey, here in Australia on ESPN, it was the uh, on two of the evenings. It was the number one sports show on the entire network. Forget about all the other stuff that was going on and Fox, God love it, wonderful organisation, Fox footy, fantastic. No, 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 no. Their girls uh, exceeded what all the other football shows were were doing. So it was highly well received, highly well presented. And like I said, getting back to the main point, we should be, with what we've got with the Olympics coming up in, uh, well, it's a little while ago. Yeah, 2032. It's a way down the track. But, you know, those 10 years will go pretty quickly. But what Gil McLaughlin's going to be the boss, so you know that'll be good. Well, what we've done, Andy, uh, we, this is a a a long way to come. Yes, but it is a premier destination if you want to get it done right <laughs> and you want to present it in its best light. Bring the major events here down under because we do it better than anyone else in the world. So you're speaking highly of the fan engagement here in Australia yes. and our capacity to host and yes. create a lovely environment. Beautiful. You leave you leave our shores to go to the United States of America thereafter. And see a historical moment. Yes, terrific. Inside the Phoenix. inside the auditorium, you see yes. the uh, 36ers for the first time ever beating American Demolished team. Demolished them. Yeah, yeah, which is great. One by ten, I think. How was the American trip though? What did what sense? Because well, America's going through. Yeah, the midterms are just around the corner, yes. a very volatile time in American history. You know, Roe v. Wade yes. and uh, Donald still yep. hanging around and, you know, the rise of the Christian mm. right and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. What are, you, uh, what are you seeing over there in the States at the moment? Well, firstly, I must say this, that the United States has been very generous to me and I, de- I, I love the country and I've been going back since about 84. Four? Yes, no, even have. 83. Yes, you have. Going backwards and forwards regularly. But you have made a significant contribution no, to the United States of America. But I haven't been there since COVID struck. So it's been, you know, three or four years since my last visit. And oh, I hate saying this, but uh, the basketball was fantastic. Terrific. Terrific. But there is something going on over there oh. right now. <laughs> and I think it's got to do with cost of living. It's got to do with the division that's been... Um, 
been there through the political fighting and yep. that's been going on. And we're taking no side here. Well, no. No. Left or right. Well, I'd probably lean more one way than the other, but <laughs> that's just a personal thing. But that's been those that type of debate about left and right, it's been going on for eternity. Forever. But it's never got to a point right now where it's so nasty and it's the economy is clearly struggling. Mm-hmm. In the cities I was in, the amount of boarded up and four-leased uh, properties, the amount of overt poverty that you're seeing now, where you're seeing people on the street homeless, like whole communities under... I, yeah, I have yeah, yeah. never seen sites like this in all my time of visiting the United States. And there's just also... You know how the personality of a city or a country, yeah. you feel it? Well, you just feel like there's this disappointment with everyone. There's this anxiety. There's this unfriendliness that's there. Now, because of this, the circumstances, the cost of living, Andy, it, we used to go there and uh, you'd always think, well, things are a little bit cheaper. Mm. No, they're not. Not anymore. What about a Denny's? <laughs> oh, well, Andy. <laughs> can you this, still go and get a plate full of Denny's for not much? You can. Yes. And I'm not sure about the the, uh, the high quality food <laughs> option that's there, but there's a lot of it. Yes. For a somewhat... Well, what used to be a modest price, but when you think of the exchange right now, it is still very, very expensive. Right. But here's the thing, Andy, and this is an example of what I'm talking about. I'm going into this Denny's into OKC because Brett from this joint here was with me yeah. and Ben, who's the CEO of, of um, Australia, Australia Mate. Yep. So we're over there promoting Australia. So I said, I want to take you guys to a typical roadside diner. Because that's the American that's famous what they do, of course. Until you go Disneyland, you go to Magic Mountain, you do all that. You've got would, to you go like to a, co- would you like your coffee filled yeah, up? Have sir? a nice day. Of course, yeah. All that type of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. we go into this uh, roadside diner, diner, Denny's, which is very popular for Everyone franchise. knows Denny's. So there's a guy behind the jump. Shagger and he's there, Denny. And he's My pretty, first ever girlfriend, Shagger Denny. Sharon, nicknamed Shagger. <laughs> Right, it's probably not for the obvious reasons. Right, well, that's where not I thought you were no, going. I thought, reasons. hello, are we on the It was just a friendly nickname. It had nothing to do are with any... No, that was just, you know, shags. Oh, boy. Well, I could call you shags like and... You were... I've been calling people shags my whole life. Well, I think there's a it's context. Got, I know, but it's not about that. Anyway, I got the well, anyway, Denny's and it took me so back. So we're Sorry in there it. and uh, there's a, a guy behind the jump that's not in the Denny's gear. He's in, but in casual attire. So he's there and he comes out and he was having a chat to us. Mm. And I thought... What are you doing behind the jump? And I said, "What are you? Have you got some sort of official oh. role here?" Oh. He said, "I'm the owner." Oh, lovely! And I own four of these things. Oh, you're going to get some free dessert. No, that was not coming. Oh. So anyway, and he was happy as la- just. And one of those guys that once you give him an invitation, yep. I'll make one of the chat. Yeah. So he, we were having a chat about all things about Denny's, and I was curious to ask about the franchise. Blah blah blah. Somehow or other. He navigated the conversation to the Second Amendment and talking about guns. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. Oh, no. And he swears by the Second Amendment. Oh, no. And I said, well, why are you so keen on the Second Amendment? He said, because I don't trust the government. I don't, I don't care what side it is. I don't trust them. Second Amendment. I need to protect myself. And, I, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, well, okay. And he looks around the restaurant and he said, now, listen, I'm carrying one. He lifted up the back of his shirt and there is a gun that Clint Eastwood would be happy to be seen with. I mean, this thing is, and just in the in the back, there's no holster. Like you see the no, hand, no, yeah, no holster. It's just tucked into his strides, and it's just tucked into the strides in the back there. Oh, Deary me! I have never in my life seen someone packing a pistol of that 
Like it wasn't just your run of the mill pants. Bud gun. No. This thing it was had like a magnum. Violence written all over it. So and I'm seeing it in there, so immediately I'm absolutely petrified. As you would be. A gun. <laughs> yeah, it's a big and gun. He, a and, big gun. Then, and so right away. I was no longer going to argue or convince him that perhaps they need to reconsider their gun laws. Hallelujah, brother. <laughs> Do what yeah, you want, yeah. my friend. Should be more of it. And here's the thing. Yeah, he goes right. on. He goes, now, I've got two kids. I've adopted them. Then they're two and three. We brought them to uh, the United States. And when they were six, I introduced them to guns. <laughs> I, but I, you know, he goes. But I did the sensible thing. You don't just give him one of these. Yeah, yeah, right. He goes. I give him. A, I give him the little BB gun, and they've worked their way up. <laughs> at six. They are carrying guns. Uh-huh. I I encourage them to carry guns wherever they go. <laughs> oh, Straight away, I thought this joint's cooked. <laughs> oh, dearie, mate. It's scary. Well, Andy. and if you look, if you've got some tickets and you're about to hop on a plane to head over to the states, have a lovely time. No, like, no, no. Don't there let are us some good things. Yeah, of course, there are. Because then like, I went to the Yosemite LA. Park, and you know, there's plenty of places. Disneyland. You can go. Yes, yes. I forget, don't think they let you in with guns. No, there. forget about all the rest of America. When you get in there, it's a small world, and everything's great. But I do. I genuinely still love the states for <sighs> everything that's good about Gee the states. Whiz. But it was so overt right now. Some of the the challenges that mm. they, which we are, I guess, in perhaps a less dramatic sense. Let's hope we never get to that. But level. their cost of Andy, it is because of the exchange rate. But even notwithstanding the exchange rate, things over there are so expensive, like ridiculously expensive. Mm. So it's um. No, it's, well, maybe we can sort of continue this travel log a, a little later because there's a. I'm sure you've only scratched the surface. There'd be a lot of people who'd like to ask you questions about your time in America. Oh, happy to. Maybe happy they're, to answer. they're thinking about heading over there with their family, and maybe you uh, can steer them into some nice places. No, to and go. I, I say go visit the joint, but just you just got to be a little bit cautious. But this, the the pack it's stark. Just pack some heat. This, no, I don't think you should do that either. But it is stark oh. what the transition that I have seen in that yeah, time. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound good. Uh, Graham Wright's going to join us. I don't know whether you're aware of the fact, but you, you land with 24 hours remaining there or thereabouts in the trade period. Mm. There is still a bit to be done. There's been a bit happening oh, today already. To Collingwood is right in the middle of the Grundy deal is done. The Frampton deal is done. Gunston has gone to Brisbane. Bowes and the Seven have gone officially to Geelong. Graham Wright, the uh, director of footy at the Pie, is going to join us. On the other side of the break, uh, we're here for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it. And Berwick BMW. A lot of people having the same sort of opinions of when they've gone to the States. Well, I'm there you go. Not, well, you tap, you, you, if anybody can sniff out the Zeitgeist, <laughs> well, it's better than you. I'll go here for what tea. What is it? The Zeit. Zeitgeist. What's that? I don't know, but it sounds like you're a bit smart when you say it. Well, uh, don't, we're Just also here for words now. Berwick BMW pre-owned vehicles ready yeah, for immediate delivery. Two points. <laughs> so there's 24 hours to go. There's going to be the embargo tomorrow between one and five where uh, whatever deals get done, there's still some big names out there yet to have their futures determined, will be held over for that kind of frantic final two and a half hours. But it has been a pretty busy day already with some big names uh, now knowing what their future looks like. Collingwood uh, in the middle of a couple of those, and Brody Grundy is the key act in it all. Uh, we know what's happening with Grundy now. The deal's done for pick 27. Mm-hmm. He heads off to Melbourne. Graeme Wright is the uh, uh, the GM of footy at the Collingwood Footy Club. Always really generous with his time. At a very busy time, he's been good enough to... Join us on the show. Graeme, thanks for your time. We appreciate you joining us. No worries at all, So, you know how the Collingwood supporters operate. They, they you know, by and large, they love Brodie Grundy. They've, they've ring radio stations like this, you know, at times 
like the one we're living through at the moment and they encourage your footy club to try and find a, another way to do it. They don't want to come to, the ter- come to terms with why he's gone or why he's going. Now that the deal's done, can you give us the backstory as best as you can as to why this deal from a Collingwood perspective had to happen? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's probably been 12 months um, of discussions to sort of arrive here. Um, and, and really, it's about the medium and, and long-term future for the footy club, certainly from, a, I suppose, a, a, a TPP perspective or a salary cap perspective that, that wasn't about 2023. It was about what's, you know, what's best for us in 2024, 5, 6 and 7. Um, so... so it, it's tough conversations and um, and tough decisions, but um, I sit here today. I don't have any pleasure in uh, the fact or, or take any excitement out of the fact that we just traded uh, Brody. He's a, he's a high quality person, been super professional through all of this, understands the, the business side of the game, and um, you know, we the, our only way of doing a trade like this is with with a player's approval. Yep. Um, the, the player rules are you know, set up that uh, or player movement rules are really set up around players having the ultimate say in relation to where they where they play their footy um, if they're contracted and you want to move them. So Brody's been really professional in his management. You know, Robbie DeRazio and Paul Connors have been fantastic, and, and as I said, we've had really open and honest conversations. And, um, we felt that it was in our best interest, and we we're probably the ones who initiated it, and um, we're also too the the ones that gave Brody the okay to to have a look at what might be out there for him and where he might like to play his footy. Um, and obviously come back with Melbourne and that's sort of culminated in, in a trade today. Graham, uh, good afternoon. It's Andrew Gaze here. And when you think of uh, when you think of a decision like this that you have to make, uh, th- I assume there's also some reflection on what's happened in the past, although you can't change it. But do you look back on it now and say, w- w- we cocked it up, we made a mistake, we, we, we offered a contract that wasn't there or is this more a circumstances that has forced you into this? Yeah, I, I joined it, uh, the club at the, I think it was first week of Feb in 2021. So I wasn't there for the for the 2020 trade mm. period where obviously Trelaw and, and a couple of other players left at that time. And um, it's a bit hard for me to say why or, or how that transpired, but um what I will say is that the club at that time was, you know, really had their, their foot on the till, so to speak, trying to win. Um, you, you know, you, they're finishing in grand finals and top fours and finals, and you're right there. And um, I think what you do in that time is try and retain your own and bring in others to to uh, hopefully help you get across the line. And um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And, and as I said, then you find yourself in a situation where you might be dropping down the ladder a little bit more. And, um, you know, you, you've got players on sort of long-term... Um, healthy deals and okay, what are we going to do about that? So that that was that's been my role in it um, over the last sort of you know, coming up to sort of two years um, that that I've been involved. But um, yeah, as I said, they're, they're tough decisions, tough conversations. Um, but you know, pleasantly, I think everyone's been really mm. professional and and understands the the nature of what we're dealing with and um, and uh, you know the nature of the industry and, and it's a, it's a business and we all mm. you know, in a perfect world. Brody's with us. All the way through, we we just didn't feel that that was the the right decision for well, us. Uh, in the, as I said, in the medium to long term, was it purely uh, the economics of it? Like, if he had been on a more modest salary, would this uh, idea of moving him on still be in play? Uh, 
that's a good question. Um, probably not. I think it's. I think that'd be fair. I think that there's a there's a real financial element to it, um, and and that's not that's not um, uh, Brody's issue. That's ours. No, um, of course. Yeah. So you know, he, mm. he signed a he signed a contract in, in good faith and uh, and deserves to be paid what what uh, what that contract says. So, um, but as I said, I think in the in the openness of it with us was. Okay, what's what's going to work for the Collingwood Football Club in the medium to long term, mm. and, and um, how we're going to how we're going to work our way through that? So mm. that was the conversation, um, and as I said, we've arrived at, at this position today. But um, so, yeah, I can't say enough how how much respect we have for Brady. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's a really a really good person and a pro, and um, I'm sure he'll give uh, give the, the Melbourne Football Club some. Uh, some great years. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about actually how much of his contract you're going to have to pay in order to offload him. I mean, the, the number that's been banding around is 300000 a year. Is that about right? Uh, we, we don't get into that, Gazi. Uh, those conversations are, are private right. um, between um, Brody and his management and us. I mean, we will make a contribution, um, but um, yeah, that's, that's private uh, from a financial perspective. So, Graham, one of the things, and we're not going to keep badging around, but we'll ask you the questions yeah. that Collingwood supporters have been asking us. So, one of the things yeah. that um, Collingwood supporters said to us is that, okay, we, we'd, if it comes down to Grundy or McStay, mm. let us keep Grundy. And and the mathematics that they argue is that if it's six hundred and fifty a year for Dan, and you're going to be paying the three hundred for Grundy, then if you keep Grundy on the books. Uh, and you don't spend the six fifty on McStay, then then economically you can probably make it happen. What to that? I don't know whether you've got a comment you want to make about that. But the second part of the follow up from that, from my perspective, is if that even if that happened, so reaching is the Grundy deal. So long term is it? How much of an impact would that have on your ability to do things down the future that maybe you don't even know about yet? Is it was it that? Was it that sort of onerous well, uh, contract? As I said, it wasn't a it wasn't a short term decision. It no. wasn't around twenty twenty three. So we 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 had factored in uh, Dan McStay, Bobby Hill, um, and Billy Frampton who who come across as well. We'd factored them in with Brody in, with Geordie in. It wasn't around. As I said, I think the second part of your question is probably the key. Is that it's more the medium to long term and um, what potentially this might do and open open things up for us from. 2023, end of season through to 2025, four, five, six. That's that's where we're sort of headed with it. So, I think the second part of your question is probably the key. Yeah. Um, certainly wasn't a uh, a case of yeah Brody uh, Brody out because next day's coming in. That, that just wasn't where we're at. We we all the way through this, we uh, we said that we could keep Brody in the short term. I mean, understanding Brody's turns 29 in uh, in um, April next year. Um, so the longer players go and the older they get, the harder they are to move. Yep. Um, so um, from our perspective, it was a case of saying, what's the right time? And we thought that this was the right time. Well, you've got a situation where clearly you've had to orchestrate this exit from the club from one of your players. You've also got a situation where one of your players wants to exit in Ollie Henry. Uh, what's the situation with him and what stance do you take when the shoe's on the other foot? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. Um, well, Ollie's out of contract, so it's a little bit different. Uh, 
Um, obviously, he's a second-year player, just turned 20, picked mm. 17 a couple of years ago. Um, the preceding year for him, for, sorry, that he was drafted, he, he didn't play at all through that COVID year of 2020. Um, played 24 games. We feel like we put a lot of development into him and we want him to stay. Yeah. And we've been really uh, clear with that with Ollie and his management. Um, they've asked for a trade to Geelong. He's got his brother there. But we went really clear about what it would take for us to entertain that. And um, there hasn't been anything put forward to us that we'd entertain in relation to, to trading Ollie. Mm. Um, so at this stage, um, yeah, I think that's unlikely. Uh, and, you know, as I said, we'd like to retain Ollie and have him as part of the Collingwood Footy Club going forward. So I wonder whether you share our view on this, Graham. We, we've discussed this on this radio station as, you know, they have elsewhere because he's, he's such a, you know, he's such a talent. He gets picked up at pick 17. You you put the work into him. He's shown that he can play and he, he's shown that he can be a really good player at the level. It, it seems to us that it's obvious that if a club wants him, they should be paying better than what he was drafted at. I mean, is that round about the position, you know, if, if you want to do a direct trade, you know, with Geelong and not send him, you know, either keep him or send him elsewhere, um, is that around about the kind of position you're taking? Well, I might have to come and bring you into those conversations. Right. I think you've got it spot on. Well, it feels but, about uh, right, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it... Well, and that's, that's exactly how we see it. Yeah. I mean, we see it that you know, we're, we're the ones who have developed him. We put the time in. Um, we feel that you know he could be a really good player in, in the future, and he's 20 years old. I mean, he turned 20 in August. He's, he's a baby. Um, and he's got so much raw ability and talent. Um, yeah, that we just don't see it that, yeah. For instance, 25 is going to going to get it done. That's just not where we sit. Yeah, yeah. We value it way way above that. And um, you know, as I said, we'll uh, we'd, we'd be really comfortable if there's no trade done and Ollie stays. Yeah, that's, that's where we sit at the moment. Billy Frank Gazy has just mm-hmm. come back from America, and we we're talking about a few bits and pieces. Billy Frampton. Gazy had a fantastic phrase. We were talking a bit about cricket, and he said, sometimes it's mm-hmm. not about getting the ball to the boundary. Sometimes it's about picking up the ones and the twos <laughs> on the way along. He's is Billy Frampton a bit of one of the with with and that and he says that with due respect. Yeah, absolutely. He's not going to be necessarily. You hope he's a game changer, mm. but he doesn't need to be. He's you bring blokes in to a club like yours with you yeah. know knowing what you understand about him to just play a role. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we had the season just gone. Mark Cairn from Ireland, who was a, a key back for us, stage decided to stay in Ireland. Um, Charlie Dean hurt his foot in the pre-season and then came back and played a couple of games in the VFL and hurt his foot again. It was another key defender. And, uh, Jordan Ruffhead uh, retired after, I think, round five. So we had three key defenders go down and, and we were really keen to bring in someone else who could uh, fill in or, sorry, play a role in that area of the ground. So, yeah, yeah, that's right as well, 100% right. But we see him playing in that area of the ground and hopefully that, if that's the case, then that will release... Um, What's the situation with Tom Mitchell? Uh, is that still live? Is that still happening or a prospect? What's the update? Uh, yeah, well, Tom was, we, uh, obviously with Bobby Hill, 
uh, as I said, Dan McStay and, and uh, Billy Frampton were the priorities for us to get in, and we've got those guys in. And then we weren't really prepared to do much else, but obviously uh, Tom Mitchell's um, name's been pushed out there. Um, and we've had some interest in him. It, it, we've got um, you know, Scott Pendlebury's 34, turning five, 35 in January. Uh, obviously, Taylor Adams had some injuries at, at the back end of the year, and um, we've got some younger players who need to get through that midfield as well, but we... Uh, we weren't a great clearance team. We weren't a great uh, first possession team or a, or a centre bounce team. So, you know, we know that Tom's got those attributes. So we, we've got some interest, but we're not sure where that'll go with uh, with Hawthorne in the coming days. Right. We'll see what it does um, yield uh, by the time we get to the end of um, business tomorrow, Graham. Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you, the generosity of your time. Thanks. No, no trouble at all. Thanks Good on you. Graham Wright, the general manager of footy at Collingwood. We're going past the... News. We'll get to that. All of those trade updates, thanks to Ty Power. Family safety is never up for trade. You're backing form with a couple of good questions in oh, there. Thank you. Trade your own way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. There you go, Collingwood supporters. There are several of the questions that we've been getting mm. in the lead up to the trade period and during Andy, it. You've heard from your mm. GM of footy. Feel free to get on the lines and tell us what you think. So with Ollie Henry, if he... If they don't trade him, mm-hmm. what happens? Well, like, does he, he go if he so, Yeah, but if he's so badly, mm. doesn't want to um, go to or stay at Collingwood, mm-hmm. then he just puts himself into the draft. And, and he becomes... North go... Well, he becomes a victim of whoever wants to... Not a victim. He becomes the subject of whoever wants to pick him up well, first. Actually, who... Well, yeah, well, yeah. Where would he go in the draft? Well, that's a good question. He'd have to be Coleman. still reasonably high. I, I think thought. every club... He wouldn't be in... Would he be in the top 10? Yeah. He would be. I reckon he would. Well, it's the, and it's not the normal draft. It's the, it's, Pre-season yeah, draft. Yeah. yeah, he's going to be really high then. Well, he could be taken in the national, couldn't he? Oh, we got to get to a break. Well, yeah, he could be taken in either draft, I'm sure. So can he? be Yeah, absolutely. Could. Or it was the other one. No, nah, he can go in either. Yeah, of course he can. Nice start to your day uh, with us, Stone Cold. You're in good Give form. me a hell yeah. one three hundred seven three yeah. six seven three six. So Graham Wright has clearly inherited, and, and this group of you know, Collingwood operatives yep. have, have inherited a deal that is not just for here and now. It's it's It runs into the next mm. four years, maybe even the next five years. A big money. Five years to run with Grundy. Yeah. So it's going to hamstring their ability. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to thwart their ability to do a lot of stuff. Well, the other th- on the flip side of this, Andy, is I know have they going... done the right thing? Are you comfortable Collingwood supporters now well, that you've heard about well, that? Well, also, I think you've also got to ask the Melbourne supporters whether this is something that they think is a, is the appropriate move. So the big speculation, and this seems to be, um, it, it, people are speculating and spruiking it so strongly now that you can almost count it in, that the bench is going to go to five and it'll be without restriction. So Good Medi, rule. Logical. Drop the, the Medi sub and let's just go to five on the bench. and Same number of rotations. Still be capped to rotations. Yep. Do whatever you like. Makes so, sense, Andy. Well, that, All when, the tomfoolery they go on with. Yeah, it takes a bit of unnecessary mucking around yeah. out of the pregame and the whole thing. So when you think about that and what that allows a team to do, it, it does allow a team to carry two Ruckman, like two genuine Ruckman. Yes. That second Ruckman doesn't need necessarily to be somebody who can hybrid it up. Like if you want to take two Ruckman and you want to be the most dominant side yep. uh, in you know, a clearance, well, go your hardest. Yeah. Let that be a personality um, that your team, you know, holds sacred. That's a strategy that, of course, there's a lot of different strategies you might want to use, Andy. Here, here. So, Adds an extra dimension to it all. So a lot of us are of the view that Grundy, Gorn, mm. sure how, but maybe Melbourne are looking down the track and they think they've already, they've already done their profiling mm. and... 
think, no, no, this is going to well, play you know right into our hands. I'll tell you what Melbourne can do is you, you don't have to go back too far to see Grundy at his absolute best. Like his uh, highlight reel would be very, very solid. Was it Grundy? It's solid. Grundy. As good as Max Gorns. So this is what you've traded out for pick 27. Once, as well as a million bucks. Mm. 171 games, two-time best and fairest winner, two-time All-Australian. That's gone. And a mil. And a million. It's a bit more than a mil, isn't it? It's, well, the same If it's mil. 300. Same mil. 300 times five, it's a significantly more than... one three hundred seven three six seven. My math's not good. You're better at it than me. 5, 10, 15, Stop, stop zero, now. Another Steve's in That's camp. That's 1.5. There's been a bit going on in the last 24 hours. Stevie, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, buddy. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Steve. Very well, thank you. That's great, mate. I've I, I got a um, mate. I, I think I'm like most at the moment in the office listening to trade radio, which is fantastic. So th- thanks for doing it, boys. Ah, pleasure. But I've, I've got a great, a great. I'm a passionate Geelong supporter and wearing my shirt today. I think I've got a way that we can get Ollie. Uh, yeah. But it, it, it means yeah. that that we 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 essentially change uh, the number seven to to twelve. Mm. And then yeah. Collingwood have have to accept uh, upgrading their sixteen. Sorry, their their sixteen to eight. So what what we could do is uh, Geelong can trade, uh, or we can trade seven twenty five and the sixteen from Collingwood. We give that to West Coast. West Coast give us eight and twelve in return. Oh, yeah. We then give Collingwood eight, and then we get eight and sixteen. Oh. Lost here. Oh, and then no, what the West Coast get, yeah. and then West Coast end up having, they have a slightly weaker hand, but they have an extra second rounder. Right. So every, everyone's a winner. Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't write, I didn't start writing that down at the beginning, Steve. There's a lot of numbers flying around left, right, and centre. So I'm just going to, so basically at the end of the day, the pick that Collingwood would be asking, would be getting from Geelong for Ollie Henry would be what? Pick eight, would it? Well, Collingwood give us 16, and then they would get eight back. Okay. So, they, so, so that, they'd be upgrading their pick. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. And then Geelong, Geelong, Geelong would then be downgrading at 7 to 12. But they, but they, get, Ollie Henry. West Coast. But they get Ollie Henry. Yeah. Okay. So then, I think that's fair as. Sounds reasonable I like, to me. I like the sound of it, Steve. We got there in the end. I like it a lot. And Jeez, Geelong win the flag, and they seem just to be having picks left, right, and centre. Doing it on and the... And picking up players left, right, and centre. Doing it on the bit. And you blokes, mm. see you, sh- Tom Mitchell. What are we see doing? See you, Jack Gunston. See you, Jager O'Meara. Don't need any of you. Uh, and it's not Josh. No, no. What's it's going a, on there? Well, it gets plugged into the system, oh. and then apparently it's quite difficult to get it out of the <laughs> off the log. <laughs> I, I, that's, all, that's all I know. But hey. you're here. You're not, JJ. No, you're not. the captain of Australia. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> Aaron and Greg, we'll get to you in a second. I know you've been hanging on, but a bit of news. Talk to uh, me. Pete Ryan from The Age, who's very good. Hopper to Richmond, deal done. Wow. Jeez, so, Richmond have been able to snag yeah, a few, they, haven't they? Word, they have. But they, they're not shy of just dishing things out either. Well, there's a part two to this. Talk to me. Ivan Soldo no. is not part of the deal, no. sending the Giants' uh, Jacob Hopper to Richmond. Mm. Uh, reports Peter Ryan from the age. So that's what do they give up? The head of the we don't know. So their first pick, they're, they're, what do they have left? Thirty-one. That's not getting it done. That's oh, not getting have it to done. Be someone else. Stand by think. Richmond. Stand by Richmond supporters. Someone's going to be attached future, to this. Maybe future picks. Well, what's your, Richmond's future pick going to look like? Mm, that's a good point. Have they got a? Have they traded away their future first rounder and thirty-one flopper? 
been out. That's it, is it? There you go. Future first rounder and pick 31 for Hopper. Not bad. Oh, that seems about right, doesn't it? Okay, I'm on a... Future first rounder, but that could be if it's a what where? Well, where's Richmond protected? Do they have protected? Uh, no, 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 you can't no, protect no. It. So no. you can't say, well, it's a first rounder no, in this year, and it, and we're lower than fifteen. No, then sir. it rolls into the next year. No, sir. Wow. Why don't they bring that in? Well, That's they might bad. have to bring that in. Protected. That is the sports update, thanks to Sustainable Office Furniture. So that's 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 been reported it's now. Is done, it? Is it thirty-one and future first for Hopper? Right. Up. So there it is. Uh, Jeez, Richmond have gone a wooshka, haven't they? They've rebuilt their midfield just like that. that. <laughs> Brody Grundy has put out, uh, as you would expect from Brody Grundy, who I think genuinely has loved being part of Collingwood. Mm. He's been uh, an agent for change at the footy club. Uh, he's been prepared to stand up and put his name to mm. player statements that mm-hmm. have been, I think, perhaps a little difficult you right. know, in relation to the do-better situation. Yes. He and Darcy Moore took a front-line position mm-hmm. to all of that. He's a modern free thinker yep. who sees the world for what it can be, not the way it is. He's all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's put out a statement to you, the Collingwood uh, supporters, and if you don't mind, I'll read it out in case you haven't got access to your social media platforms. Mm-hmm. When I was drafted to the Collingwood Footy Club in 2012, I felt proud to be a Collingwood player. When I signed my contract in 2020, my dream was to be a pie for life. My desire to remain at Collingwood did not change this year. However, after recent conversations with the club, the, capital C for the club too, by the way, beautifully done, this dream could no longer be a reality. Thank you to my teammates who have made my time at Collingwood so special over the 10 years we've gone from teammates to mates to family. And thank you to the Magpie Army for the unconditional love and support you've shown me over the past decade. It has made my time at Collingwood infinitely better. Signing with the Melbourne Footy Club today, I am deeply committed to my new club. I'm looking forward to the contribution I can make to Melbourne and their fans in 2023 and beyond. Time to dream a different dream and get to work ahead of the season. So Andy, that's Brody Grundy. Here's the thing, and Graham Wright would have had these conversations. I'm sure the coach and others would have had it. Somehow or other, if that is uh, his attitude and he has this, he had this goal about how he wanted to see his career pan out and that's just been taken away from him. That is, what would they have said to convince him? They would have had to get to say things that you don't want to hear. Say, don't you? You'd have to say. You tell me. Well, I don't know. But, well, that's it. I don't. I, I guess you're, you're talking about. Well, if you stay here, um, you love your footy club. Your playing opportunities maybe. They've got us present. Wouldn't things. have been that. No, no. It would have been, with all due respect. I don't think it would have been that. I think it would have been. But you're trying to force the guy out. Yeah, I know. But I think it would have been do the right thing, boys. We're going to lose. We'll have to shed other players. If you if we keep you on this contract, other players are going to go. Other well, players. That's not his business. No, 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 no. I know, but they would have appealed to his. I don't know if that's sense the of the bigger oh, I'm picture. I'm not sure that's the angle they would have taken. Well, I don't know, Brody Grundy, but mm. I suspect that he would be one of the very rare commodities who would say who would who would take that on board. I'm sure he would, but I could I be don't completely think... barking mad, by the way. Well, we all could be. We're just hypothesizing and spitballing, as you like. Is that right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So it could be anything, but I think it's a very, they're very difficult conversations to have. No doubt. And But I just don't know what the angle would have been because you've got to convince him that it's in your best interest to move on. So how did they do it? If you're, if you, if you've got to, how would you have, if you, have, if you're Graham Wright, know. and you've got to sit down with Brody Grundy, and you're, you're the one that has to convince him that for the good, 
of the club that he loves so very deeply and he's so committed to mm. and has got a fairly solid commitment coming back for the other way from the footy club for seven years. That, How, that, that's not going anywhere. What you, he no, goes. no, he's, he's, mm. he's, that, that's guaranteed. How do you convince him to see it from your perspective, How which he clearly has? I'd mm. like, if, you've got to, if you want to play that game, uh, feel free to share it with us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 367 I still think they would have had to present things that they would not have liked to have presented. No doubt. Uh, and that could be some sort of <laughs> threats is a hard thing. Nah. There'd be some type of... Don't you think that... I don't think they could, so, they could sell that... Threats. Convinc- no, they threats can't, too is harsh. You but can't convince some... Brody Grundy of that. Mate, if you stay here, you won't be... You, mm. you, we, we, we don't see you as being an automatic selection in the 22 anymore. Mm. How can you sell that to... With, with all due respect to the two blokes who are carrying their ruck loads this year. Right. You can't say that to Brody Grundy. No, you've lost mm. your mind if you're saying that. Because no, no, mm. no one in the AFL would believe that. And and clearly it was when I asked Graham Wright about to, and he said good question. It was a good question. About you had a couple of good questions. The salary, if it was, if he was on say six hundred, mm. just plucking numbers here, would we be having this conversation? And I think Graham Wright, if my memory of his answer is correct, to is your that, good question, to my good question was, well, no, it probably wouldn't have been. So well, I you thought could that would have been. In fact, I'm not sure reckon, why. I'm not sure why I said gone, that was a good question because that seems fairly self-evident. No, because you could. They, if that is in fact the case, yeah. and and if we had had a follow-up, I would have. Well, did you have a conversation and ask him? Well, can you take a couple of hundred thousand clip per annum? Now he would have said no, but I wonder if that was put to him. Say, so, listen, if you want to stay here, we've got some uh, salary cap stresses. We've got some other issues that we're trying to address in our department. Hey. We did this deal in good faith a couple of years ago. We can't afford we, it. We, we weren't here. We, yeah, we it weren't wasn't here. Us. We can't afford it. The bottom line is we've come to the judgment, rightly or wrongly. Maybe we that's can't what af- Would you take an extra two hundred? Now, two, clearly yeah. you'd say no. I would. You would? Oh, absolutely. It's a million bucks over five Correct. years. Correct. That's yeah. why I'd say no. Now, if they had said, listen, here's a couple of hundred you've got to forego over that period of time, well, okay, but it, when it's getting into a m, it's it, got a m, it just an m got, in front of it. Yes. That's when you say, mm, mm, it, no, it, an it, n in front of it. Mm. it. It just goes to show, doesn't it? Don't let emotions mm. get into contract discussions, because when mm. my memory serves, Grundy's coming off. Grundy's established as, if not the best, equal to the best ruckman in the competition, Brilliant. and he's a Versatile. big figure. He's a ruck midfielder. But he's more than that. He's a big figure. He's a big figure at the Collingwood Footy Club. And they know it. And they want to stave off interest from elsewhere. And there was a bit of, we are not losing this bloke. No. And whatever it takes, we're keeping him. Yes. Well, they were in the window. They they, they were coming off a grand final. They were in the window. So in fairness. I know. But as best as you possibly Mm. can, and it's easier said than done sometimes. You're genius in hindsight. Correct. Correct. Mm. Aaron's in Tullamarine. Hey, Aaron, you've been hanging on for about 15 minutes, mate. We appreciate, hopefully you're still there. We appreciate your patience, brother. What do you got for us? Yeah, today at the MCG, Collectors playing Zimbabwe, but for some, for some bizarre reason that the public's been locked out, um, all the World Cup warm-up matches are closed to the public. Oh. The ICC rules about a crowd at the warm-up matches. Could it be that there's... Oh. Well, I can't imagine there's some strategic reason. No, like this, the both teams yeah, said, no, "Oh, we don't, we don't want to show our, <laughs> we don't want to show our fielding no, strategy." No, uh, I can't understand why that would be the case, Aaron. 
particularly, um, you know, a, a team like, with all due respect to the Zimbabweans, but the Sri Lankans, you know, try a warm-up game mm. in Melbourne. You mm. would get a couple of thousand Sri Lankan cricket fans so. in Melbourne More so. getting along More, to that yeah. game of cricket. So, uh, yeah, and I don't know why that's the case. Mm. So there's two games going, two warm-up games going on at the moment. Sri Lanka five for 188 after their 20 up against the Zimbabweans. Uh, and Pakistan, that's here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And Pakistan is playing New Zealand over in Christchurch. That game is done and dusted. Pakistan after their 27 for 130. The New Zealanders reeled that in with plenty of runs, uh, plenty of balls left to be bowled uh, for the loss of just the one wicket. So, uh, yeah, good point. Mm. Don't know why. Greg's in Nary Warren. Good afternoon to you, mate. Gents, Gazy, good to have you back, mate. Good, man. Uh, I want to ask you about the Adelaide 36ers, mate, yes. over there, that game. And listening to you when you filled in the commentary there, it just seems like, you know, obviously you were in shock of it yourself. And then the, the boys, the Phoenix commentators, mate, what, what, was they, what were they saying after the after the whistle went, mate? Because they seemed to be in shock themselves and didn't they know were. how to about the threes we were launching up. Well, it, it, was, it was hard to comprehend because this is the sort of performance, and I say this, and you might laugh at me here, Greg, is this is the sort of thing you'd expect from the Golden State Warriors, no. not the, Ad, <laughs> not the Adelaide enough. 36ers. I'm laughing at you. Check this out, Andy. In the history of the 36ers in the NBL, 20 is the most three-point field goal baskets they've made in a game. And I think they've done it maybe three or four times. I can't remember the exact set. The three-point line over there is, what, 10, 15 centimetres further out? They've snagged 24 of them. In it's an the NBA. different ball, isn't it? No, it's the same ball. What are you talking about? <laughs> I played it with an NBA ball. Well, it's they have the NBA branding on it, but it's the same <laughs> ball. So uh, it was... And they Different were like, geez, your league, we've heard a bit about it. Is this the sort of stuff you're dishing up? These blokes are in the wrong league. That's what they were saying. How are these guys running around in the NBL? You've oh, just I thought you mean Chris Paul should be coming down here and playing the NBL. No, that's more like these blokes. This is, you know, I know you've only got 10 teams, but this is extraordinary. Now, clearly it was one out of the box for them, and they're not going to dish up Well, how they go? Threats. How they go four nights later? Let's be honest. Well, they, they, well how'd they go? Daniel Johnson wasn't there. Well, so, how'd they go? No, they didn't do too well. No. Lost by 30. I yeah, half rat power OKC. Hey, but here's the thing. The OKC played, uh, it wasn't Maccabi. They played a, a Israeli team on Sunday mm. and got belted by Fiddy. Who? The Israeli team. Oh, okay. OKC without Josh Giddy. Who turns a uh, happy birthday, young man. Turned 20 today, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Giddy, superstar. Happy days. Happy birthday. So, uh, yeah, uh, Greg, it was something to be really proud of. Oh, I was happy. You, you're so proud to be Australian because yeah. the Phoenix fans, they have no idea about Australia or the, our basketball. And they're looking at this and just to hear them in the crowd, like I was sitting there and hearing some of the comments and saying, get this bloke in our team. I'm going to play you. You've just got me thinking here. Where's Will? Is Will out there? Roddy's. We're going to play him at sums between now and six o'clock. We're going to play Keefe. What? Homer, it goes for, going to go for about 90 seconds, I reckon. Right. But Corey Homicide Williams last Wednesday mm. explained what would have been going through the minds of those NBA players as they were getting it handed to them oh. by the 36ers. And I want you, mm. we're going to have your audio up right. as you're listening to Corey tell, right. give us his take on the whole thing. And I want you to be saying, yep, spot on, yep, mm. as he goes through it. I want you to, all right, we're going to do well, play a little game. The, we're going to do it. We might even do it on the other side of the break if we can find it quickly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard's in Caulfield North. Uh, welcome to the show, Rich. Uh, g'day, gents. Um, it's Brody Grundy. I, I, as a Collingwood supporter, I'm just shattered that he's gone. But 
I must say, you know, Graham Wright has done nothing but good things since he's come into that club, from Craig McRae to list management so far. So you sort of got to just trust that he's going to do the right thing. But can I tell you, that lead guy, who is the architect for this disaster upon disaster, he should be never let, let near any list of any sport, amateur, professional, ever, ever again. He is a disgrace. I certainly hope he never, ever goes anywhere near my beloved Collingwood Football Club. Thank oh, you, Richard. Cut out a little bit then. Who, who no, did you Ned, say? Go, Ned Guy, who was the oh. list manager at the... Risk manager had a recruiting... Hey, you, like I say, everyone's a genius at the time. But I think I, it was Adelaide that, was, that yeah, bumped the price can up. I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not sticking up for Ned Guy, but mm. I don't reckon he would have been acting alone when it came to the Grundy deal. Of course not. No. He's not but but Just in if you isolation. cast your mind back to when the deal was done, he was hot. Hot. White hot. So Adelaide, and there was the home, the, you know, the call to go home to Adelaide, and even though he said he loves Melbourne, was happy to stay here. Oh, he's a Melbourne, but he's not. He's they would through, through. It really. was either match it, Adelaide, but... match it, match mm. it, or losing. Correct. So they matched it, and losing him was at the time would have unconscionable. been unconscionable. Well, I don't know if it's that harsh. Unconscionable. But it was, he was in. It was all Australian, if my memory well, serves yeah, me correct. I think he might have been all Australian the year I'm that he came off sure contract. He was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Uh, Richard, Timing. understand your point of view. Uh, maybe sharing, uh, focusing your, all of your outrage at the one bloke might not necessarily be, um, you know, uh, or, or entirely fair. Mm. We'll just leave it at that. Well, in hindsight, everyone, like I said, everyone can be a genius in hindsight. Well, that's right, mate. And if only we had hindsight. Like, I, I, look back, hindsight I look back on some of the stuff that decisions. Hawthorne have done over the years. Well, I want your views on it. In fact, I want you to... And I can't... All I right. don't understand After the break, it, the pla- All right. The platform is yours on well, the other side of the break. Don't go with it now. Oh. He's going to say some stuff about the Hawks. No, I'm not. And if you want to jump on the open line, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Well, I just don't understand it. No, no, I understand well, I do understand that. it, I guess. INC Sports Nutrition, powering tomorrow today, available from Chemist Warehouse. By us, might I say, along with mm. just about everything else you need to live mm. a healthy and sweet-smelling life. What's that? Chemist Warehouse. Oh, delightful. Nicky in there. And the prices on stuff, it's... No. Hey, I don't know how they I'll do it. I'll tell you what, I defy anyone they do it? to get a can of Rexona because when the heat's on, <laughs> I trust Rexona to keep me dry. Rexona, Norska. that was from 1992 no, I did that ad. But, Smell but they like are a the, Swedish forest. True. Uh, but they are the most affordable Spray place. wherever you want to, by the way. You go to Coles or Big W, it'd be round about, not uh, Woolworths, I should say. It's high quality, six or seven bucks. But always, always, not just on site, always... Five bucks. It's ridiculous. For the same thing. Do. It's unbelievable. I don't know how they the do it. The vitamins. Oh, yes. I'm popping them. Fragrant. Trying to keep me going. Green tea tablets. You want them, Andy? Helps with the digestion and apparently well, I don't need... some other issues a little further south. Are you having some performance time? No, no. I'm talking about the... Oh, the... Oh, yeah, right, okay. no, 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 no. Expunging. No. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Hey, no. <laughs> Hey, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, of course. And you, you're in a safe place here. And if yes. you want to talk about that stuff, feel free. Uh, you're going to go big on Hawthorne next. I'm not big. I just need uh, your help. No, you are. We're going to talk about the Hawks on the other well, side. I want your help. No, it's pretty. Welcome back to the oh. program. He's so keen. He's just having chats during the ad break. <laughs> Normally we get to an ad break and we just sit here and you know, kind of look at our phones or whatever. But he's so happy to be Coming here. Coming off a spell, Andy. You're, and you've got a couple of good questions straight off the bat. Thank you. Well, 
Uh, this leads to me with all the goings on, and it's something that I've asked this question over the last four or five years, and I, I think it equates to uh, salary cap pressures that all clubs face. Mm-hmm. But I looked, following the Geelong Grand Final, and congratulations to them, well done, magnificent Kats. stuff. Well done, Cats. Uh, I look back on the era that Hawthorne was going through and some of the just supreme talent that, for whatever reason, when they got to that latter stages of their career, either the club or the player decided to move on. Mm. And I just don't understand, Andy, why, when I think back of it and I watched Isaac Smith get presented with a Norm Smith medal, when I think back to the last couple of years of Luke Hodge guiding Brisbane back to one where they're right. a contender. Um, Grant yeah. Birchall was in there. Sam Mitchell, Tada, you go to, to uh, over the uh, Western Australia, do Jordan, your thing. Jordan, Jordan Lewis, Lewis helped set up the if Melbourne you don't mind. Premiership. Yep. Now, uh, if you could keep that new, milk that successful era until it's completely cooked. Milk it <laughs> and try and do what Geelong does and get lucky and make some trades and keep topping it up and just. But I just don't understand the strategy or the explanation to why Hawthorne went through this. And even now. They're doing it now. Omira, ta-da, perhaps. Ben McElroy, now that's different. Retired, He's retired. Yep. But but still, there's a uh, Mitchell, potentially, ta-da. Jack See Gunston. You later. Now, God love our recruitment policy and God love and we have faith and hopefully they get it right as a Hawthorne fan. But when you look at what Geelong have done this season, and we all genius in hindsight, I understand that. Mm. But they they have always been competitive for longer than ever than most. Yep. Why? <laughs> why was this not possible with Hawthorne? Why? <laughs> now it seems with what they're doing now, Tada Mitchell, Tada Omira, Tada McAvoy, okay, other things. It, it, well, guns is the policy to bottom gone. out? <laughs> is that the policy? Let's. <laughs> Bottom out and try and, I don't know, draft your, you tell me, I don't know. No, well, they're, they're clearly trying to rebuild their list. And, but, they, and Sam Mitchell, as a young coach. But why, if you go back four uh, years, five no, years no, ago. No, yeah. Why, Andy, yes. why were we not able to keep these players that have gone on to do really good things? Well, you need to speak to Alistair Clarkson. But why, Andy? Chris Fagan and those who were there at the time, Mark Evans. You'd need to speak to all the key no, football but, but, operatives who were there at the time. But surely there's a generic understanding of what's going on. No, well, on. the fear was, and this is why Geelong's so challenging, because the fear was that mm. you couldn't carry too much 30-plus year why? old. Because you get too old and too slow and you get more predisposed to injury. And you, well, if your theory's and right, fall, they everybody's would be been, them up in the, the new clubs. Everybody's, that, that's not happened. Everybody's been talking about the cliff at Geelong. Well, the cliff either doesn't exist or they found the fountain of youth or they've just said, your theory doesn't work and we're not going to buy into well, it. I, I agree with them. Yeah, all that we're at such an ageist. Yeah, we are. You just look at the, forget the age, look at the talent. So what Geelong has done with, and this has now become common knowledge, isn't it, with Isaac Smith, it sounded like Isaac Smith was going to retire. He'd had enough and the, and the onerous requirements of pre-season training and the long days and the tape and the six early starts. and the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just he didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it sounds like it came down to, oh, look, I'm out. But Geelong, have, from you know, for what people tell you, Geelong said, no, no, well, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. We know that you know what it takes to get mm-hmm. to the line. Mm-hmm. If this means you come back from pre-season a bit later, yes. if this means... 
you don't have as many early starts. If this means it's you don't do as much tape. It's common sense. You turn up when we need you to turn up to the main sessions and you turn up um, at selection ready to be picked and ready to roll. And likewise on game day, we'll mm. trust you. Yeah. And that, um, the, the confidence and freedom that that has presented and provided mm. to Isaac Smith, mm. He's running around like a 27-year-old now. Are you telling me that the, are you telling me that Hawthorne no, wouldn't have agreed to well, that? Well, I don't know. That's what I know Geelong has that's mm. the option that Geelong's provided him. But, but the, okay, and it has led to and okay. it's led to him being what mm. he is. Yeah, okay. No, I I just I So maybe maybe Geelong is going to challenge the whole age profiling of mm. AFL lists. If you think you got a 31-year-old going around who's good enough to keep playing, mm. why would you even think about Letting him go, and if and again, Geelong had clearly with players like Selwood mm. and Hawkins. Even though I think some of the numbers that have been banded around aren't quite right, but they've clearly had veteran players be prepared to pay play for less. Well, that's the only thing that when I think back on these players that mm. that sort of makes sense. You say, well, we wanted them, mm. we absolutely wanted so them. So there could be that. Then, but gee whiz, oh, no, I can I'm... understand why you've let generational players exactly. Dave's in his keel or David, you're here in Gazy who loves the Hawthorne Footy Club vent a little bit, particularly with the prospect that another couple of senior players might be joining um, Jack Gunston on the way out, you know, between now and tomorrow afternoon yes. or perhaps a bit later. What are your thoughts? Yeah, a little bit different to the um, Hawk supporter that was just on the phone. I, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mm. It's easy to rip Alistair Clarkson apart for how he was trying to rejuvenate the list. But people are quick to forget. Uh, Isaac Smith kicks that goal after the siren in 2016. We're in a six straight, uh, straight uh, prelim. Yes. And 2018, we still finished top four with the rejuvenation of O'Meara and Mitchell. Yes, it didn't work out. They went out in straight sets again. Mm-hmm. But it's a completely different era now. Sam Mitchell, you've got to give him credit where credit's due. A lot of people tipped Hawthorne probably to be a bottom four side this year. Yes, they weren't far off it, mm. but what's that lead now if Tom Mitchell and Omira go? And th- there's arguments both way, but I think one of them will definitely be out the door, but it is too, too much. So you're okay with the, the you're okay with the I'm way Hawthorne's... I'm not playing Clarko, by the no, way. No, no, no. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's never one person, no. is it? You're okay with the way the the decisions that have been made and, and seemingly are continuing to be made, if you believe all of the stories that are flying around. Dave, you're, you're comfortable with the way Hawthorne's trekking? Oh, absolutely. Trekking. You, you just have to go back to oh, other than now, when the last time a number one draft pick was traded and it meant Trent Crow leaving the Hawks and five years later or eight years later, he was a Hawthorne Premiership player, mm. player. So you have to trust the process. It's easy in hindsight to say when it doesn't work out, but... You've got to risk big to win big sometimes, unfortunately. Uh, nice, David. I like the fact that you and Gazy agree on the hindsight aspect mm. of all this. Let's get to the news. Pete and Leopold, don't go anywhere. We'll get your thoughts on this. Feel free to join in the open lines. Exactly also that got questions for Chemist Warehouse. Some of our fellow colleagues just laying the boots into this mega trade as well. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. <laughs> work again, Stone Cold. We're going to talk some boxing in a moment too, by the way. Jason Maloney's on the undercard of the big fight coming up. We're going through a really strong period of boxing, Australian boxers doing extraordinary things. 
Jason Mayhem well, Maloney. Well, was, when I was away, did uh, young fella Zoo, did, did he won something as well, didn't no, he? Has that fight happened yet? Tim Zoo? It has. No, no, Tim I don't Zoo. think it's happened yet. No, I think it's no. been pushed back to. Well, someone, I, I, even when I was in the States, I, I, uh, I don't believe so, unless I missed it. I'm hey, bad. big news for the fight fans too, it. by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely stoked about this. <laughs> UFC 248. Oh, Andy. Uh, 284. You're losing credibility now. Comes back to Australia, mate. I go back to our times when we, oh, when UFC was coming to Australia. No. And Alexander you Volnovsky. Volkanovsky. You were screaming from Volca- the rafters. Volca- the volcano. The most anti-UFC uh, no, supporter. Well, come around, mate. It's unreal. Uh, <laughs> it's the first time back in Australia since 2019 in the UFC. Over there in Perth. Mm. I think Perth's the right place for it. If it comes to Australia, it should come to Perth. No, we want no, to marvel. Well, wow, let the fifty thousand. No, we get a lot. We get a lot of sport here in Australia. We get the Australian Open and tennis. Oh, so we get a now lot you're of stuff. true colours. No, let the Perth. This is oh, the start so what of your anti. Perth? This is your anti. You, you only want it there, so it's not here. I know oh, where you're going. So you're just anti Perth, are you? No. Sorry I, to our our Perth audience who are listening through no. SENWA or via the app. No, you just don't want it here because you're opposed to UFC. The live blokes are going to Adelaide. Massive for Adelaide. Good on them. No, I want it here. The UFC blokes are going to Perth. I want it here. and share the love around Australia. No, let's not share it. Let's bring it to the sports Scotty. capital of the world. Scotty's in. What about the live blokes too, by the way? Hooking up with the MENA tour so they can get world rankings points. It's either, it's either absolute genius or incredibly pathetic. Well, here's one, the one thing. One way or the other. Here's the thing. I don't know what to make of that. If they're but going, good on them, having a go. If they're going to get world rankings points, then clearly they have to change the format. It's very Correct. black and white. Yeah. Did you they're see going what... to have to be four rounds. Yeah, cuts. of course. Did you see what happened overnight? Uh, Dustin won the, uh, the live tour. Yeah, player of the year. After four <laughs> rounds and four tournaments or something, four or five. <laughs> Come on, turn Why it up. are you such a hater? Play a few tournaments before. Have a season mm. before you give a player of the year award Probably out. Probably a little early, isn't Come it? Come on, Keith. <laughs> Scott, they're What's so the desperate. The they're, so, they're so desperate to be different. And, you know. Why are you so anti live? No, no, listen Just have to an me. open mind. I'm not anti live. I'm anti the live. propaganda of it all. They're so, they're so mm. keen to be different and disrupt and be there. Mm. And then all they want to do is do exactly what everyone else is doing get world ranking points, play in all the tournaments that they sort well, of. They have to. If you want to play in the majors, you need world ranking points. <laughs> Scott's on the road. Hey, Scotty, the Hawks. Gazy's very emotional about this. Boys, I've got to ask Gazy a question. Gazy, when you were running around as a young bucket seaton, uh, how much did you learn from the older blokes who were towards the end of their time there? Enormous. Good question. The reason, here's the thing. And, and oh, then, hang yep. on, hang on. When you were at Melbourne Tigers as an old bloke, how yep. much did you impart the young blokes coming through? It's, See, I reckon well, Hawthorne, bumping all these old blokes out, these mature bodies out, yep. they are going to spiral. And as a Geelong supporter, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. No, but Daisy yeah, didn't do much for the young blokes you, at Melbourne. He was every, looking over his shoulder a bit. Though. Every bit that when... Brett uh, Rainbow. Post, didn't like Brett Rainbow coming not on true. board. Post-career and Me whenever too. I get a forum and I reflect back on my own personal opportunities, if it was not for coming into a team, check this out. When I first played senior basketball, mm. my teammates were Brian Gorgian, oh. Alan Westover, oh. Bruce Palmer, oh my God. and uh, Hugh Hobus. Now, three of those four... Huey Hobus. Huey Hobus. Three of those four... Double H. ...gone on to be three of the greatest coaches this country has seen. Now, that was the... Uh, they were my role models coming through that mm. taught me the game. 
I, as true as I sit here and look you in the eye, Andy, Which I am one hundred percent convinced. If I did not have that opportunity to learn from those mm. leaders, I dare say my pathway would have been far more difficult. I don't disagree with that at all. And I tried to do the same. Yeah, you're when a wonderful. I was an old bloke. You're a wonderful role model and 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 encourager of the next wave coming through. I try, and to. I won't hear anyone. They try and tell me otherwise, but I won't hear of it. Who tells you they otherwise? They try and tell me otherwise, but I won't hear of it. What's old 2H up to these days? Uh, Huey Hobus. Mm. He's back in the States, and um, I think he was a teacher. And they going to Oh, we've got to play a bit of Stan Van Gundy later too. I tweeted it yeah, out. At 5 o'clock, we're going to play Stan Van Gundy. It was brilliant. About And what uh, it is... Don't, don't no, too tease. Oh, Let me tease. It's about... The approach coaches should have at youth basketball. Spot. Enough said. No, no, don't even take the word basketball out. Oh, no, that's true. Take about the word basketball true, out. True, I apologise. But he was talking about basketball, but it relates to any sport. Peter's in Leopold. Stand mm. by. We'll do that after five. How are you, Pete? G'day, boys. How are you? Yeah, Very well, good, thank Pete. you. Going well, that's good. Um, the Hawthorne stuff, I'm loving watching Hawthorne because if they bottom out like oh. North Melbourne, it'll be oh. fantastic. Oh. I'm a Richmond supporter. Oh, yes. If they let Cochin, Rewald and Grimes go after winning three premierships, I would be devastated. I, I couldn't believe yeah. watching Hawthorne. You can't let your champions go to other clubs. It's it's just not on. Well, I don't. I, I really it's don't understand it. People enjoying what Hawthorne are doing. Who well, don't for that's what happens when you come from greatness. When you've come from an era that very, in fact, so why'd you let it go? Why'd you deliberately let it go? That's now. I'm sure there's an explanation. Because Geelong have held onto it. I'm sure there's an explanation, Mm. and I'm sure there is a strategy. I just not sure what that is. That's all. I don't know. You can see why they're doing it now. They might have been forced upon them. You feel like they've gone that far down the road now that they have to go the whole way, don't you? Is that fair call? Is that that's probably right? Yeah, Yeah. Got to keep going well, I down. thought we'd already gone down there. I thought we were actually starting to go back the other way. Wow. It's going to back you. More bottom out. Well, maybe they think they've bottomed out. Maybe they think the time to climb is uh, is nigh. Well, who's we got coming to... in? Let's just take No, no, this. we're not now. Not now. O'Meara gone. <sighs> Mitchell not, no, gone. Not yet. No. McAvoy. Well, that's, yeah, that's just assumed. Gone. That's a hypothetical. McAvoy gone. Shields gone. Gunston gone. Shields you know that. gone. You know that. Gunston, Tutter. That's another one. Why? Why, Jackie boy? Why? Could be a number of reasons with Jack Gunston. Who, who knows? But let's just take that hype. That, that, we have to get to a break, mate. We've all... got to get to a break. Oh, okay. We've got to get to a break. We're talking boxing next. Hey, box finds, it's not Josh, oh. it's Gazy. Uh, the, the five fans all around Australia, in fact, plenty around the world, are looking forward to Haney v. Cambosis. This Sunday, of course, it's going to be huge. Uh, it wouldn't be a, an event like the event that it's uh, becoming without a very, very strong undercard. Oh, yes. And Jason Mayhem Maloney is part of that undercard. And he fights a Thai veteran, um, which for a final eliminator for the WCB Bantamweight World title, it is a significant moment in the career of Jason Maloney. He's been good enough to join us on the show. How are you, mate? I'm going great, boys. How are you? Yeah, You're going good. All right. How's the um, how's the prep? So what are we? You you're five or six days oh, away days. from it. How's how's the prep coming along? Yeah, I've had a great prep, mate. But I'm um, I'm always in the gym and always training. And since that last big win uh, down in Melbourne at Marvel Stadium, just straight back in the gym, working hard. And um, here we are, another massive fight down in Melbourne, which I'm stoked to be a part of, and a big big opportunity for me to um, win this fight and earn myself another shot at the world title, which is what 
what my dream is, to become the next world champion. So is that automatically the next step, Jase? If you win this fight, yeah. you, you, yeah, get, you right. get a shot at the title? Yeah, that's it. This is a final eliminator. So this is the world number one versus the world number two. And, yeah, the winner of this will fight for the world title next. So there's a lot on the line, and um, we're ready to go. Jase, it's uh, Gazy here, and good luck. It sounds like a, oh, yeah, a, a great environment. Night. You're going to be there, and hopefully it's a, a packed house. Uh, always love the the nicknames that uh, that accompany some of the boxers. Two questions here, uh, two part question. Yeah. Firstly, uh, mayhem. You're happy with that? Sounds like very nice. Uh, to me, it's a perfect great nickname. And and how do you, who allocates the nicknames? Because whoever's doing that job does a terrific job at it. <laughs> um, I don't know. This one just sort of come about. Actually, I, I got home one day. Uh, from training and the house is an absolute mess and I said to the <laughs> missus, how's, how's your day been? And she said, well, Isla, my little two-year-old at the time, had been absolute mayhem. <laughs> and I said, oh, little mayhem Maloney's at it again. And then I thought, that just rolls off the tongue and mayhem and Maloney just works. And that's what people want to see when they go to the boxing. They want to see, yeah. you know, excitement uh, and, and chaos. So that's where the mayhem come about. And I took it off my daughter and I'm running with it. <laughs> oh, I that's, love that's a great story, mate. Yes. Oh, we love it. Um, so when you when you're a fighter, you know you 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 know it's obvious what drives you and you know world titles. But but now that you're a young man with a young family, how much of your motivation is staying in this game to make some dough, set up your family as best as you possibly can before you before you get out of this game? Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's a, there's I've got a lot of a lot of motivating factors behind it. You know, obviously I started the sport uh, just because I loved it and I want to go as far as I possibly can and, and become world champion and and you know achieve my dreams. But there's, I've got a lot of people that I that I want to do this for. You know, I want to become world champion. But yeah, I want to give my family the best life I possibly can, and I want to pay back to everyone that supported me along the way and my coach and my manager and everyone that you know helped me get to where we are. I want to do it for us all and, and, you know, make them proud, make my family proud and, and make the country proud and achieve as much as I can in the sport. That's beautiful. Right, hey, we had uh, He's Michael. He's becoming the favourite fighter in the world. Oh, well, we had Michael Zarafa. He's gone past Zarafa. Zarafa, he came in. He's already gone past Zarafa. Well, Zarafa came into the studio, though. Cop that, Zarafa. Zarafa came into the studio. And I'll say that to him if he walks in. No, you won't. No, Because you're a pathetic I won't say that to him if he Hey, Jase, but one thing that he did reveal when he came in here, he had this. He, he either pre-game and post-game, uh, post-bouts. Uh, oh, yeah. He had this routine, and um, particularly after the, every bout, he'd get up at the crack of dawn and go for like a... 10K a run. 10K run. Uh, with yeah. your... Do you do you do anything that's perhaps a little unusual in, in the way in which you prepare for a bout? Uh, well, I think I've heard that he does that post-fight. Yeah, yeah. He'll have his fight and then go for a 10K run, but no, the... We'll be, uh, Team Maloney will be having two big wins on Sunday and then we'll, we'll probably go for a jog down to Crown and sink a few beers with all the, all the people that have come out to support us and, and thank all of them for, for showing their support. So that's what our post-fight uh, ritual will be. So uh, you, you, don't, cold ones. you don't live in Melbourne anymore, you, but you're born and bred in Melbourne, but you don't live here anymore. Have I got that right? That's right. No, yeah, we are born and bred in Melbourne, but we moved to northern New South Wales uh, five years ago, just to uh, to move up there to train with our coach Angelo Hyder, and uh, which is Danny Green's former yeah, trainer. Yeah. So we moved up there once Greeny had retired, and and we asked Angelo to take us on, and 
make us the next big superstars of Australian boxing, and we're almost there. So how many friends and family, how many Maloney's and extended family clan are we likely to see here on Sunday? Yeah, there'll be a big Team Learning Army there on Sunday. So we can't wait. We've had yeah so much support, and everyone loves it when we fight in, a, fight in Australia, which uh, has been great to be back here. Um, over the past few years, all my fights have really been in America. So to have two fights in Melbourne this year has been amazing. And um Looking forward to, to this Sunday to really finishing the year off with a bang and, and earning that world title. And what about the, the venue, awesome. Rod Laver venue? It's an iconic facility. It had some major sporting events yeah. there. All of them. In All the of them. big, big, in those big arenas. Uh, do you have a preference? Does the arena add anything or detract anything from the way in which you prepare? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I can't wait to fight Rod Laver. I, I think that's got to be up there with one of the best fight venues in the world. So... I'm really excited to get in there. I think the atmosphere is going to be just amazing. And hopefully I'll win the world title and then these big boxing events in Melbourne and at Rod Laver will become a much more common occurrence. And, yeah, we can start putting on some big fights here uh, a lot more often. Uh, It's a golden age for Australian boxing, Jason. You know that better than us. And um, hopefully you're right on the the cusp, mate. Hopefully you add your name to the absolute frontliners if you haven't already done it. Good luck on Sunday against the tie and... Uh, everything that comes thereafter, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show. Nah, thanks, sir. What an absolute Good on you, Jace. Su- what a superstar. What an absolute superstar. What about you just jumping off our other man? you just chopping it. Uh, good to have you. We'll get to the Stan, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff uh, Stan. Stan. Stan Van Gundy stuff in a moment. Mm. Um, Dave Barron, the president at Essendon, by the way, has been through the ringer since you've been away. Well, he's had a monumental mistake yeah. Uh, yeah. that we love him. Yeah. We all love him. Yeah, no, no, and everyone makes mistakes. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's people around him that may have let him down, but still, he's been oh, he's got to take involved yeah, in of a monumental mistake. No doubt. So we're talking about the appointment and then the um, withdrawing of the appointment of the CEO last oh, week. I, you know what? I will say this, Andy, and I was away, but so I was So how much of that did you follow? A lot. And what did you make you, of it? Uh, firstly, it was incredible bewilderment at how such a fundamental error could have been made Mm. where you recruit someone that completely has the diametrically opposed values. I'm not making judgment on the values. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that it's so diametrically opposed to what you, uh, where you sit as an organization, Mm. how you could uh, not figure that out before you do it. But I will say this, Andy, I think that they handled a very difficult situation uh, once all was revealed, and they corrected it swiftly. Yep. And however the negotiations were with all the individuals involved, seemed to have resolved it very, very quickly. So they there is some credit there because of the way in which they were able to resolve that issue. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. And everyone knows he's a mate of mine, and I'm a, a very proud friend of his. So um, anything that I say about Dave Barron can be that that can be you can, context. Yeah, you can you can use that and park it and hey Dave Barron. You like. I know Dave Barron okay, reasonably well. Yep. He walks the dog around the park where I walk the dog. <laughs> I say good day, and I've had some dealings with him in the past with the always NBL. Got a, always got a bag with him. Like he's a, <laughs> of course he's a, he does. Yeah, good man. Yep. But so so we all. But even he himself. He would not shy away from the fact that, that it was a disaster. Oh, no, no, of course he wouldn't. No, 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 no. He's not that type. Uh, he put out a letter to Essendon supporters. So, you know, given the fact that we're kind of uh, what we're on high watch at the Essendon Footy Club, uh, and there's, you know, murmurings about, you know, a challenge to his position in particular, and Paul Little and Kevin Sheedy and James Hurd are mm. somehow still in the frame. So, 
Um, you know, that was revealed on the weekend with, with Robbo's story. So we'll, we'll wait and see whether any of that manifests. Uh, dear members, I want to start by thanking you. Valued Mr. Letter to the members of the SM Footy Club. Uh, it's been a busy period for our club. I want to write to you so you can hear from me directly. Our club is in the middle of significant change. Change it had to happen. Change it required an external review to ensure we had an industry-leading approach to analyse our footy club as a total organisation. The board now has the final draft report from EY. I imagine that's Ernst & Young, yes. the external review that we commissioned. It lays, I'm going to paraphrase here, but it lays out the pathway for um, four particular areas of the club that need working, restoring our purpose as a club, resetting our focus on three key pillars, our members, our players and our community for whom we exist, building a unified internal culture and for backing our people with our operations through strong governance. They've already started working on that, even though they've appointed the coach. Uh, the other positions uh, I'm reading from the um, press, from the statement to the members, uh, include a, crea- a newly created position, a general manager of performance. That pers- that person will uh, report directly to Josh Marnie. Uh, the club has also announced the appointments of Michael Hurley and Travis Cloak as key development coaches within our program. Further to this, our new position has been created uh, the head of development. This is a critical role that requires laser-like focus. We have a young and exciting playing list. Uh, the, the women's football program is going to continue to be invested in. The VFL program is going to be invested in. So that... Essendon members are going to get all of that. Mm. It, it has been a wild time if you're a supporter Turbulent. of the footy club. Incredibly so. Mm. Brendan Goddard, who was a you know a key figure at the football club for a short period of time, uh, was discussing you know the re- revelations mm-hmm. of uh, some of the stories that were rolling around on the weekend that perhaps there was a challenge to Dave Barham in particular, not the board, not the coach, mm-hmm. just to Dave Barham from uh, Paul Little. Uh, this is what Brendan Goddard had to say about the Essendon president uh, on Trade Radio yesterday. I think, in particular, everyone's just hungry for a for a scalp. So he's walked in there. This is always going to be messy. So I agreed that he's dropped a bomb on Essendon and 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 drew a line in the sand, mm. and which I I feel needed to be done. So full review, you know, question marks. You know, we go back you know, eight months ago about an internal review going on. A lot of questions asked, why isn't that external? And the reasons, you know, get quite political with that. So he's come in and said, no, we're, we're going to do it this way. And it's the right way, in my opinion, said people may say otherwise. But it was always going to be messy when you're doing this at a club like Essendon. And, and the history and the people involved, because of what's happened in previous years in terms of the drug saga, holistically, he's done a great job. He did what no one else was willing to do. What, what do you, is there anything you take away from that in particular? Matthew Lord will get to in a moment about where he sits on all of this. Uh, other than I think that it was universally accepted that there needed to be some uh, a self, uh, not self-assessment, there needed to be some assessment of their current strategies and their, their structures and whether or not that could be done better. But I think all clubs go through of course. those periods, even in times of success, I think the those that continue to strive to do it, things better and continue to try and eliminate some of the things that you do poorly. But ultimately, it comes down to performance on the field, doesn't it? No question. That, 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 that so can, but can, that can also cover over it crack. Can. It can cover over it, crack. Absolutely, it can. Point three here that, that is part of this letter to the members. Three, building a unified internal culture. Mm. When you read that, and it sounds like, a, that could easily sound like a throwaway line. Ah, oh, yeah, of course you want to do that. 
But then you hear someone like Brendan Goddard say, a club like Essendon. Mm. These are all lines you can throw away. You know, it's just, that's the, they're the words that came out of Goddard's mouth. Mm. That's a nice thing for a president to write. But you, you kind of go, what, what does Goddard mean when he says a club like Essendon? Mm. And you do hear of some very powerful forces within the footy club, powerful uh, coterie factions um, that have historically wielded Influence. A lot of influence mm-hmm. at the footy club. And maybe it's influence that comes from their cohort that is not ne- and a view mm-hmm. from their cohort that may not necessarily be shared externally throughout the rest of the footy club. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of yep. um, faction. You probably, uh, you've probably seen this, maybe not so much at a club like the Melbourne Tigers because they were such mm-hmm. a small family-run organisation, but you may have seen this at the Sydney oh, Kings. It's constantly going on. Yeah, yeah so... At different different uh, levels. Of course. And when you're dealing with a club that has a turnover of, what, 80 or 90 million bucks a year mm. and all the different elements that go into that... In order to generate that revenue, those groups that are wielding influence uh, because they contribute money yes. are sometimes the trickiest to deal with because you need the money, but you don't always agree with the opinion. And in this caper, when you talk about AFL, particularly in Victoria, every club has about oh, 200 thousand two hundred fifty thousand coaches yeah, two hundred thousand right. uh, yeah. list managers two hundred fifty thousand yeah. uh you know uh <laughs> people that think that they know more than what those are involved so yeah. how you manage them unlike some sports like the nba uh if they miss out on a few boxes here or there uh, well well they're family-run business it's an owner yeah, it's, it's private right. enterprise yeah ah well i can deal with that that's that's not part of my core business it's not that in, it's nice but it's not going to make or break me. Mm. But when you're in a a more of a public-run organisation and you're allowing members to vote... Well, you are existing for your members in it. Correct. Yeah. And you're allowing that type... You, then you're sort of compelled to, at the very least, provide some sort of forum where they can express mm. it. Mm. So mm. You, th- that's the risk of the systems that you're involved in. So that was Brendan Goddard. If you've, you know, you've, you've heard us and you may have already received the letter from the President, David Barham, if you've got a... View on 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 any of that. Particularly if you mm. are a legitimate Essendon supporter, feel free to. Um, you know we've been taking calls from Essendon supporters a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, feel free to jump on the line. Are you feeling, you know, still anxious about where the club's heading? Is the dust starting to settle? Uh, where, where where do you feel like you're at in relationship with your footy club right now? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Matthew Lloyd, uh, who's been a very public and strong voice on you know where Essendon's been and where it is and, and hopefully where it's going, um, also confronted the possibility of um, this looming board challenge. A few murmurings around board challenges mm. and challenges to David Barr. What are you hearing? Uh, well, that in the next maybe week, Kane, or even earlier than that, that we'll know uh, as an industry whether uh, there is going to be a challenge to the board and to David Barron, which would just unsettle everything. And just make things so if you get to that situation where you might have to add on a few board members of another team's challenge and, and you know, just to appease and come together and try and negotiate those types of things, Kane. So, yeah, yeah. could be a bit to play out uh, in the next week. Thoughts? Well, it's true. Yeah. I, I, there's no question if you're going to go in there and uh, try and create another change <laughs> on the back of a change that's just happened. I think, though, that ultimately it comes down to if the, if the review is a legitimate process, and sometimes they're not, 
But if this is a legitimate external review that that you have faith in, and you believe that there are some there are recommendations that need to be followed, then give the review a chance to see if it's successful or not. Yeah. Just because of a few errors here, and the pretty significant ones at that, but just because of a few errors here or there along the way, uh, I don't think you you can then just cast aside everything and say, well, you need a whole new fresh start. How many times can you do well, that, that in a, yeah, a two-month yeah. period? Yeah, it's that, that, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's very mm. pertinent. I feel like even if you... Okay, you, you've been embarrassed as an Essendon supporter you know, by a couple of missteps mm. between when the when the challenge to the previous board, mm. you know, the Ben Rutten sort of became the you know that that was that that's that was the war they fought over then. Between from that point to where we are now, yeah. okay, you've been there's been a couple of missteps along the way, um, but is this what you really need now? But you haven't Do, they haven't had a chance to put in place the exactly what's been <laughs> recommended no. and. So they're, they're, I don't understand. They, they, internally, they might, but they might not have been done anything in regards well, to actively doing something to well, change. You don't change that thing overnight. No, you do not. So, sure, it's, it takes some process, and uh, I think that uh, you've got to give it time to run its course. And, and, and they're bordering on some catastrophic mistakes where you go, well, I'm not sure the personnel is correct. They're bordering on that when you see what's happened. Yeah. But what did you think about Sheeds when he came out? I think it's unhelpful. Yeah, I think because un- you were away when that happened, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I think it's unhelpful. Whether you're talking about the coach, yeah, when he said I didn't vote for him, don't don't say it was unanimous when it wasn't. Now mm. he's fair enough; he's well entitled to do that. But you say that, but I, I think you do that privately. Say, hang on, I'm a bit upset with you, blokes. Mm. It wasn't unanimous. It was six one or whatever it is. So don't say it's unanimous just because you think that that sounds better, mm. and you, you're you're casting me into. So, but to do that publicly, I don't know if it's, that's helpful. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> Andrew's in Vermont. Which I do water. know. It's not I helpful. I should say. It's, it's not, not helpful. It's not helpful. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the show, mate. G'day, lads. You asked uh, for people to bring up about their position on Essendon. Yep. I um, <clears throat> was until last week a 32-year 32 32 reserve seat holder. Yep. And I cancelled my membership last week. And that's all fine. But when I did it, it took about a minute and a half. The guy on the phone just asked my details, said, oh, you've got two kids on here. Do you want me to cancel for those two? Uh, yep. And then anything else I want to help you with? And I said, you see, this is the problem. You haven't even asked why, I'm, why I would want to leave. Yep. You haven't inquired about my situation. haven't looked at my 32 years. And in a minute and a half, it was done. It was like returning a T-shirt. I, just, I genuinely don't think they give a continental. So that I I, I agree with. I think the, I the, the a lot of that, of that stuff's external. A lot of the membership recruitment right. and, and the call center and all. I think Andrew, I, I could be com- completely wrong here, but occasionally that sort of stuff is handled by either it's slightly outsourced or some of the people who are manning the phones at times like that aren't thirty-two year members like you, and it's a pity. Because it's a big deal for you. Do you want to tell us why you did cancel after 32 years? Mm-hmm. A big part. Andrew, are you there? I think we've lost him. I know he's yeah, back. Yeah, I was. Um, look, I, I was reasonably happy. I was reasonably happy we got Andrew Thorburn in. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, gotcha. Um, I was reasonably happy we had um, Andrew Thorburn selected. I think the thing that got in my goat was. On the Tuesday night, yep. On the Tuesday night, when the the 
letter came out from David Barham saying um, his values don't align with this club um, and he were going to ax him and ask him to renounce his faith or his beliefs for the pursuit of being a CEO. I thought, if we're going down that path with people, um, given I'm a Christian, I thought, that'll do me, thanks. Okay. I don't think he did. I don't, I don't think it was quite... I, don't think, it was, I think he yeah, asked him to renounce his like position as the as the chairperson, as the chairperson or, yeah. I don't think he was asking him to announce his beliefs, but I might be wrong. I was no, on that, the other no, side. No, no, Andrew, that didn't happen. That, that that's not what happened. It was you can't be the CEO of our footy club while you're being the chair of the church. It it was as simple as I mean that that is more accurate in reference to what happened. And um, so but there's no doubt that those beliefs and mm. what he was doing is is the reason. Oh, no why. question. Yeah. So there, there yeah. I understand what Andrew was. So, so saying. So I, I understand Andrew, but yeah, he yeah. didn't. I don't think he did as he Andrew explained. It mm. was more about his position, mm. and uh, understandably, in saying there's a, there's a conflict of interest here because you've got values here and values there. Well, you can't and, be a leader of a of a joint over here and hold mm. those views as leader of, of that organisation, mm. and then just put that to one side when you become the leader of another organisation mm. that holds, as you said before. Highly contrary views. You just mm. can't do that. No. Now it's a bit different when you're just an individual. Of course it is. It's, it is highly different. Mm. Um, so, but we look. We we covered that last week. But Andrew, we did ask and appreciate you giving us a call. And uh, you know, um, hopefully at some stage you, you can repair. Um, you know the the feelings you have with your footy club, and, mm. and you're back there one of these days. Thirty two years is a long time to be a mm. paid up and committed member of a footy club the way you've clearly been, mm. um, and, and that would have been done with a heavy heart, I imagine. So hopefully you get back there one day. And the thing, I know you probably did it last week, and I might be going. No, over I'm, over I'm really happy. To, but, JJ's ready to go, but yeah, I'm happy to hear but, your views. But I think though that oh, uh, just because a lot of Christians don't hold those values, no. that have been presented for no, years. So, no, so. You can't, and it's difficult because people say, well, he's a Christian. Yeah. There's a lot of different of areas of Christianity that vary. Of course there are. So to say that every Christian holds the, the what I would call discriminatory um, position is not true. Mm. No, that is 100% right. Mm. Uh, well done. Okay, we're going to do our buddy bet. Uh, download the buddy right. bet app now and start betting against your buddies. Okay. Gamble responsibly, one 858 Mm. Eight five eight. I want to back the Jack Jumpers who are against the Adelaide no, Thirty Sixes. Adelaide just coming off a win, but I want a twelve and a half point start. No, I'll give you nine. Eleven and a half. I'll give you nine and a half. Ten. Ten point start. Ten. Nine and a half. Ten. Okay, ten. Ten point start. Okay, ten. Ten. It's in Adelaide and right. it's Thursday night. Right. I'll get the Jackies and I've got a ten ESPN. point start. Hey, you know what? You need also uh, hoop fans out there. Tomorrow night we're back. The jump. Myself, oh, Leonard Copeland. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a cracking Can't show. Can't remember the name of the rest of the team. Nat Edwards. Can't remember Nat's name. <laughs> I can. You forgot Nat's name, didn't you? As if I forgot. You've been away. You've got a lot You're going a through man. your head and you forgot Nat's name. We That's okay. Had, I'm going to get something That's cool That's all right. You just here. forgot Nat's name just, and it's all right. I did not. She's the host of the show and the star of the show. Well, that's true. She is the star. Who's a little, who, And what's his name? The Kane. Kane Pittman. You're you're on fire today. He's soup does a, he's a superstar. How do you know all this? I know the show. Mm. I know more about the show than you do. Hey, Jason Horn Francis has spoken. Uh, mm. This was big yesterday. The seismic. What it took place yesterday? No, it was no. They don't. No, there's no two ways about it. No, it was. Of course, it was, it was. seismic yesterday. Uh, so there he was. This will kill North Melbourne supporters sitting in a uh, Port Adelaide polo, looking. He just looked. Somehow he looked 
different. I don't know. Maybe it's just my eyes deceiving me. But is the jury still out though? On well, he's, yeah, you forget about what he did last year. So now we expect to see what he's really got, don't you? Well, that's true. Was there enough evidence this year? That no, no, no. Sir. That's what I, I thought so. No, but, sir. So everyone's poo pooing North. Well, a lot of people. Well, we'll get to that after the news. Poo pooing North yeah, Melbourne. We will. But I'm not so sure it is patently obvious that they've done the wrong thing. They have no choice. They didn't want to go through another year like they did. So that, what choice did they have? They had to do a deal. Well, you used the word malcontent before we came on air. Well, you know. And that is just superb by you. No, I've no, gone with zeitgeist no. and you've gone with malcontent. No, well, I don't no know if that's the our case. ratings are plummeting when we're using words like that. No, I, that was off air. Jason. And that was not to – I was just saying if that was the case, <laughs> right. then it was time to go. You've got to use other words, mate. Horn Francis, this is what he uh, he said a couple no, of things. This is what he said about word? wanting to be at a stable. Or did you just make that up? This is what he said about wanting to be at a stable club. I'm proud of myself. I, I wanted to um, make sure that I was in a stable environment, um, you know, coming into this year. And and I think um, a lot of people know it, it, it might be another unstable unstable year um, at, at, at North. So um, we just thought... Um, coming back home to a to a great club like Port Adelaide would be would be best for me. And he wanted to be close to family, and this is what he had to say about that. Uh, look, uh, I'm a, I'm a big family person, and um, I love my family, and um, I just feel like um, having my family and friends around me. It's going to um, create that environment that I can play my best footy, and um, you know that's what that's where I want to get to be the, be the best player I can be. And um, I think coming to um, a club like Port Adelaide and having my family and friends around me is really going to help me. So, yeah. Mm. That's true. It is. It is. So they give away last year's because they Number couldn't. One and, and Brady Rawlings, without tipping the bucket, you know, in interviews that he did this morning, said that we know, we know what we know mm. and you don't. That's you true. You need to be inside to know. They had no choice. Yeah. We know this and guy, you don't. We weren't, we weren't converting this guy. So you can say whatever you want. Yep. Based on whatever you think you know. Yep. But there's some we know. So your hands tight, yeah, to a certain extent, and you just got to do the very best you can. But mm. so that's all true. Mm. But it's seismic because the number one pick mm. has been. It's sort of been, yeah, it's up for grabs and it's on the table. But mm-hmm. well, it just kind of never is. Mm. And what they've effectively done now is give away the last two number one picks. Mm. So Horn Francis number one pick, he gone. Mm. And they give away pick one this year to bring in you know, two and three, which is still good, yep. obviously. But that has displeased some very serious and committed hardline North Melbourne people. Well, you only should be displeased if you are categorically, absolutely rock solid, thinking that this guy is going to be a deal breaker, that he is going to be an impact player that is going to change the fortune of your club. Well, well, if not, yep. you, you, you know, if you if there's a little bit of doubt, and I think there is an element of doubt. Well, Kingy, Kingy was one of those, right? Mm. Kingy, a magnificent player for the North Melbourne Footy Club. Mm. His, his record speaks for itself, the contribution he made. And as, as broad as Kingy's view is about footy and a very worthy one that he has, mm. he is a committed Kanga. Of course he is. Now, he was... No one was more bullish about Horn Francis based on the preseason that he saw from Horn mm-hmm. Francis going, coming into 2022. Absolutely off the charts, Kingy's reviews and enthusiasm for 
what Horn Francis was going to produce. Mm-hmm. So he sees Horn Francis go, and then he sees pick one, uh, traded away, which, you know, a lot of North Melbourne people have got their eyes on this young forward mm. from North um, Ballarat. But they might not. Ra- they no, might. No, no, they mm. may not. Mm. They may not. But this is what Kingy had to say today. I'm extremely frustrated by this. As I just don't know at what stage North Melbourne will decide to invest in a tall forward of note. And there's one sitting there. You hold the pick that will secure this guy for a decade. They overlooked Logan McDonald a few years ago and everyone said, OK, you've gone for Phillips, we'll wait and see. OK? And I understand that. It's a wait and see. But when you see what GWS have done to come up the board to get this guy, I think a country Victorian kid, like, he's an hour down the road. Like, this is perfect for them. Now, clearly they don't rate him as high as what everyone else does, mm. and that's OK. And time will tell. But it's a big gamble for a football club where not much has gone right for three or four years. Do you four know what there's a years. risk profile with Ralphie? Yeah. Anyone that's gone to the Kangaroos in the last three years yeah. has been a risk profile. Staff and players. The joint's been in crisis. It has been for some time. Mm-hmm. So if you don't draft your own power forward, this is the cost that the, in, in, in effect you have to pay down the track. This is the cost of what Jeremy Cameron was for Geelong. It was three first rounders and, and two second rounders going back the other way. It, it's a, a two to three year investment mm. at some point down the track. Now the Kangaroos are a long way from that discussion. I understand that. But when do you start stri- straightening up your spine? Uh, the midfield's an easy discussion and they'll get two good midfielders. Yeah. But, but so will everyone else. Mm. They've been dudded. No. It just puts a full stop on an awful period. It really does. Aaron Cadman's the young player that he's talking about. And well, he's seen him, and that's easy for him when you've seen the potential. But clearly, I would assume that North Melbourne have seen him as well and mm. made a different judgment. No, yeah. Because if, if, that was, if that was their judgment, I doubt they'd be making that call, would they? So clearly they're thinking, well, you know what? We've got a different strategy, and the way we want to play – Clarko's system, if he's there, mm. that, that, that he's going to go in a different direction. So maybe the priorities are a little different. Yeah, maybe they are. Look, let's get to because the news. you do get two, two and three. You do. That's right. You're going so to get high-quality players. Yeah. But it seems like this kid will go number one. That Well, he's, he's sort of... He's, he's Jeremy he's, Cameron, he's, then well, they've that, that's made what a And it sounds like GWS are... T- you know, who knows? Mm. GWS might might pull a rabbit out of the hat on draft night and go with something else. But it sounds like this has been their target. Mm. They haven't declared it. I don't believe they've declared that they're taking him with number one yet. But well, they've got their eye on someone because they wouldn't right. have been doing that, these deals that's if they ex- did That's exactly right. They well, want to be assured <laughs> of their position yeah. with what they've done. And their North Melbourne supporters will just, just hang on mm. as they watch what they pick with two and three and see what Cadman's doing north of the border mm. and just hope that they have a reasonable response. We'll hear from Brady Rawlings on the other side of the news. The thing that probably um, people don't realise, we've got all the information as mm. a club. We know everything um, that has occurred this year. Um, so we've got all the information at hand and a lot of people don't. Um, and our decision to facilitate the trade for Jason to go home was based on all the information we've got at hand. There you go. Well, that's true. And no, it is true, like no with, doubt. In Kingy's view, which I respect more than most, because he, he does some amazing oh, he's work on terrific. Fox Footy. Absolutely. He, he, and he's got his head around. But if you've come to the conclusion, we cannot keep Horn Francis, we cannot keep him because of what we saw this year, then they had no choice that they go. They couldn't hang on to pick one. Because mm. I, I, as my understanding, that was all 
it was all part, part of the, of the deal. Yeah, it was all, yeah. The other pieces wouldn't have fallen in place if this That's they hadn't done this. Yeah. So their hands out, so knowing what they know, to take Kingy's view to hold him, you're really not getting a number one if he's going to. In the behave end, like you, he did or yeah, that's what right. they're fearful of. Well, if you want to keep number one, pick number one, you probably keep Horn Francis for a year. Well, they didn't have a choice. No, and you try and – well, they did because they didn't – he was contracted. No, but they didn't have but a choice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they couldn't get rid of Horn no. and, and – and No, not. that's right. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah, yeah. As I understand it. That's right. Hmm. I'm going to play you the Stan Van Gundy stuff. Oh. I, I, this Gazy sent this to the whole lot of us. So we're going to play the Stan Van Gundy stuff. Have you got it? You're ready to go there, Rutsky? And, at, well, let's have a chat about it's it. It's pertinent. Let's have a chat about it. It's a bit of a gear change, but we'll let all of the rest of the trade stuff uh, take care of itself tomorrow. Uh, and JJ and I will be at it. Um, uh, Doc, another Doc day needs, off. You do. Yeah. Not really your go, this sort of stuff. I love it. You're good at it. I don't really know You can give us your it, thoughts but... on Thursday as the dust begins to mm. settle. And you know what? I'll you back know. them up on Friday. And you know, back on Fridays too, Andy. You are from now on. Uh, this is what the legendary basketball coach, breeder of talent, commentator. Yep. So he done some work. He He's does. done some work. Yep. He's doing commentary now. Right now. He does commentary. Yes. Oh, not, late, I don't know about late. this very second. Late. But He's doing it right now. He is currently a commentator in the NBA. This is what Stan Van Gundy had to say about the philosophy of junior coaching slash development. We are much more interested in playing games and winning and losing at a young, young, young age than we are in skill development. So I would say this to all of the youth coaches here, even more than the high school coaches, is you have to make a decision if you want to teach the kids that you're coaching how to play basketball or if you just want to win games. Because there's a big difference. I last spring coached both my 12-year-old daughter and my nine-year-old son for two months in a YMCA league and had a, had a group of kids. And I got to see every approach, okay? And I would say to you, of the probably 18 teams that I saw just in that limited time, there were maybe two or three coaches that were really trying to teach skills, and everybody else was just trying to win a game. Leave your best players on the court as long as you can. Play zone defense, for God's sakes. I, I, it was beyond me. In a nine-year-old league, play zone defense, okay, for the entire game. Obviously, don't ever let your biggest kids dribble the ball. Make sure they always give it to a guard who is usually your son, okay, and so they can run up the court. And then you wonder why at the high school level we got so many kids who can't play and we never have a 6'5", 6'6", 6'8 kid who can dribble, pass, and shoot because at the young age, you tell him to go stand under the basket and get the rebound and give it to somebody else. So the first thing I would say to you, you have a decision to make. Do you want to help build basketball players or do you want to just tell everybody you won your youth league? Outstanding. It's perfect. And I see it in, I remember the same situation when my son was playing footy in, in as a... Yep. 10 and 11 year old about the decisions you're going to make and, and where you're going to play kids. And yep, it may cost you some games, but in order to be as diverse in uh, skill development, 
sometimes at that age, you've got to put kids in things where they're not best suited. Yep. And you're going to take someone away that is best suited for that. But yep. to broaden the base and give more people an opportunity to grow, they're some of the decisions and they're sometimes tough decisions that you have to make. And I, I, I remember going through it, coaching the under-12s and 14s with my own kids. I refused to play zone defense and I stand by it. And recently the, the league here in Victoria put in rules in under 12s and 14s, they've outlawed it. You're not allowed to play, right. which is a great thing. Yep. But even in the under 16s, and I would say at a, at a pinch in the under 18s, uh, I strongly encourage coaches do not play zone defense, stand around zones. The, the way the modern game is, they're, they're becoming almost irrelevant but not completely irrelevant, certainly bits and pieces. Uh, but it, it, it does diminish your ability to, uh, to teach the kids. So if you're, if you're, please, if you're a parent out there and you're playing domestic competition. I'd love to hear from you. If you're playing domestic competitions at Hawthorne and you know nothing about the game, so you know what, I'm just going to put two kids here, two kids here and one person in the middle and play a zone defense. Trust me, you are doing a disservice to the kids. Based on my opinion, which I understand may not always be uh, accepted as being the right opinion. But in my opinion, you are doing a gross disservice to your kids in teaching them how to play defence. It's more than just that, though, I reckon. It's Mm. more than... So Van Gundy is talking about skill development v winning. It's more. This is bigger. It's huge. This is bigger. So if you've got a view Mm. on it, um, feel free to share it with us based on what uh, Gazy's just said and what Jeff Van Gundy, uh, Stan or Jeff, I always get it wrong. That one. That was Jeff. No, that was that was Stan. Yeah. Uh, Jeff is the one that works with Mark Jackson. Correct. Exactly. Love him. Love him. But Stan still does does. I love them both. I love both the Van Gundys. Uh, if you've got a view on any of that, feel free to share at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Well, not surprisingly, there's a lot of people who want to talk about Stan Van Gundy. Craig's in Mornington. Let's try and get through as many as we can. G'day, Craig. Hey, Dave. Love the show. I'll be quick. Um, first person that reminded me of from a football parlour whose father was an absolute icon and great of the game uh, was Mark Williams. Yes. And, and is there a follow-up to that, Craig? Well, in terms of teaching the skills of the game, he's right. such a developer oh, spot of people. On. Oh, yeah. no, that, that is, yep, spot on. Sorry, no, you, no the point is um, he's extremely well made now that I understand where you're coming mm. at Mark Williams from. Uh, great call, Craig. Uh, Glenn's in Altona. Glenn, uh, your response to what you just heard? Uh, just, sorry, boys, I'll try and get out and make, it sound, make as much sense as possible, but I get that we want to try and um, develop kids, but at the end of the day, kids want to win doesn't matter what you do. Kids want to win. You can try and develop it as much as you want. The kids are always going to want to win. Um, do, do, you, do you sacrifice all the other kids to, for, for specific kids who have a bit more talent, or do you let them all have fun? No, it's not. I, I think you do both. They're not mutually exclusive. I, I think you can still put in place systems and teaching points where you're still trying to win. It doesn't change the objective of that. Uh, but it's just to say, well, what are the consequences of teaching? And if that means, you know what, we might lose a game here or there in order to, to teach these elements, even to the superstar kids. <laughs> the superstar kids are still going to do things in order for them to grow. And we see a lot of the times in, in junior basketball, a superstar kid is that man-child that's early and might have a, 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 a skill set, but it's narrow. But in that level, it's dominant. 
If you don't expand those skill sets, then it'll eventually get to a point where even that superstar kid that is allowing you to win doesn't develop. <laughs> so I think that they're, they're not mutually exclusive. And this is not about everyone gets a prize. That, that's, not, that's not the point. It's about providing an environment where they can learn the skills as well as uh, having the goal of winning. Dave's on the road. Uh, your, your thoughts, Dave? Love this, love this sort of sort of stuff, fellas. And uh, I think teaching the fundamentals to the kids is key in any any sport because the more they can develop those skill sets, the better the team will become. Anyway, Spot on. So of the course. winning will, will be a natural byproduct. You only got to refer back to the Craig McRae interview he did pre-finals or just before the final series, whatever it might mm-hmm. have been. <clears throat> and he was talking about the twenty to twenty-five minutes before every single session they did was on the basic fundamentals of the game. Yeah. Ramble, get handball with your eyes up, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So if it's good enough for the top level, it's good enough for the kids. Great call, Dave. Paul's in Baronia. Good afternoon, mate. G'day boys, how are you going? Good, thank you. Um, I was lucky enough to coach uh, our local cricket club juniors for yep. seven years, playing a couple of grand finals, and we're really lucky to do so. Yep. Um, but we had a couple of kids in our side that weren't as good as some of the other kids. And a couple of the fathers said in the grand finals, I wouldn't bowl this kid or I wouldn't bat this kid. Everyone had a bat and a bowl all year. They all got a bat and a bowl in the grand final. We were lucky enough to win the grand final. And how can you look at a kid and we hadn't contributed one iota in the grand final and all the other kids had. But the other side of the coin is, uh, Daisy, you'll know, Pink Preserve up at Killside, where the Killside Basketball Centre is. Oh, yeah. We had a uh, round-robin... Footy, footy game there, under 10, and one of the blokes coaching in the footy, under 10, round robin, because I didn't have a comp at Leeds, mate. Yep. This bloke was screaming at these kids, red-faced, veins bulging out, carrying yep. on like an absolute idiot, and I said to my wife, if that bloke coached our son, it'll be the last time he ever coached him. Good mm. on you, Paul. Hey, Tim, you've got about 20 seconds, mate. Sorry to cut you short. Oh, that's all right, lads. A great topic, and I think we should talk about it more. Uh, I think the toughest part about this is actually getting parents on board. Yep. We did this in footy, and not to reference back to footy instead of basketball, but we rotated groups of six through each each line. And I kid you not, after every game, we'd have at least six parents coming and talk to the coaching staff saying, why wasn't my kid played yeah, in this position? The, lost- yeah. Yeah. Hey, mate, we've cut you short. You picked up the slab of draft thanks to CB Co. Brewing. I think we should do more of this. Let's pledge to do more of this. Yes.